Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast, code acast. Hell or High Rollers is an adventure set in D&D hell, so will almost certainly contain adult content. Enjoy. Scared, hungry, stupid. No one knows how they'll feel when they're trapped inside the mind of a loved one slash travel mate. However, the one thing you never need feel is alone. When you're ripped from an interstellar portal that delivers the dead to the next layer of hell, we will be there. When you're forced to relive traumatic experiences from your past life, we will be there. When you need a team of hazmat suit wearing professionals to pull you out of an endless time loop, we will be there. We are the society for the prevention of idiots getting stuck between interdimensional portals whilst traveling the planes of hell. And here at SFTPOIGSBIPWTPH, we make it our mission to rescue those lost and stranded souls who have been ripped or fallen from the portals of hell. For just two shards a month, you can support us in our mission to make sure that no one is forced to remain trapped inside their minds or the minds of their loved ones, reliving traumatic experiences for all of eternity. Sign up today and get a free Archdevil Bezos Chia Pet. SFTPOIGSBIPWTPH we will be there hello and welcome to episode 14 of hell or high rollers yeah, yeah. so before we get cracking into the episode just a little bit of house business first of all you guys have all been leveled up to level 4 yeah congratulations you've got all your hit points and spells and stuff back you've also got access to more spells and abilities and as usual we'll discover those as we play through also is everyone down now to everyone's lost a soul life right yeah, yeah. yes Yeah. Down to two cells. Okay. Well, Ellie, did 
Did Ghoul? Well, Ghoul got one back. Yeah, yeah. So Ghoul's on. Ghoul's got full soul life. Yeah, Ghoul's got full. Oh, we've got a killer. Mate. This isn't fair. Oh, I'm coming for you, mate. No way. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to take I'm one of hiding. those lives. So should we go round with our classic introductions? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Oh, yes. Thank you, David. My name is Chris Leesk and I play Glubrick Bumbledung, who is a barbarian Goliath. And a little interesting thing about uh, Glubrick is that he, and this was slightly inspired by our last episode, he never went to school. He was, uh, his father was really against the idea. So he was, uh, you know, how did he learn everything he knows from the streets just by like, you know, observing people, asking questions. And of course, reading book. He had one book. He had wrote one book that he called book. Name of the book. Yeah, he named it book. It, 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 <laughs> no, the book had a name. The book was Wholesome Whale okay. Goes to Scunthorpe. I was imagining Glubrick dragging a book around on a lead. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> like his yeah. pet. Like his pet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's much more interesting. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, and this is a callback to the first ever episode we did. He didn't get very far through it because it scared him. And uh, But his mum was very pro-education, but his father was not. So that's why he's silly. <laughs> very good. Thank you, Chris. Adam. Hello, I'm Adam Megiddo, and I play the role of Eric Sanguinius, the human necromancer who lives alone in the high-vis tower out in the Rodney Marsh. Now, as we know about Eric, he's fallen in love. Love works, you know, love works fast, unless you're a zombie, in which case, of course, it works slow. Slow love. (laughs) It takes an eon or an age. It takes an eternity for for you to feel anything, I think. But um, Eric in love. Is he a different man? I don't know, but we've had a glimpse into his background. He might have been in love forever. Or was that just obsession? Only time will tell. (laughs) Very good. Adam, I'm worried that you're going to run out of slow puns one day. I have such faith in you, though. Yeah, it's misplaced. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of running out of jokes... I am Henry Shields, and I play Henley Whispers, a.k.a. Quiver Phoenix. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Human ranger, truth spinner, under sevens, judo winner. (laughs) Now, now Henley Whispers is the reigning champion in the under sevens judo in his local area. How is he still reigning? Because he didn't start competing until he turned 30. But he (laughs) uses his disguise skills and his charm to compete against under seven-year-olds in judo, and he just destroys them. So he's an adult fighting children? Absolutely, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But the idea that, like, as a seven-year-old, he's really charming is kind of strange as well. Well, yeah, yeah, because well, he's charming in that people will look at him and go, hold on, that can't be a seven-year-old, that looks (laughs) like a grown man, but he's able to, with his skills and his charm, convince them, I know that is just a large seven-year-old. And then, uh, you know, go in and win all the trophies. Wow. That is amazing and Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a good fighter. What? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's a good fighter. You could compete in the 30s and above range as well. In his mind, it's just about winning. It's about getting the trophy. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, competing against under sevens, it makes it a lot easier. That's the thing. Mm. It, you, you win a lot. It's quicker. Yeah, yeah, it's faster. It's less, it's, it's less effort for him. <laughs> And he's the reigning champion. Wow. Ellie Morris. Hello, I'm Ellie Morris and I play Ghoul, a five inch tall, sentient, more than sentient, genius mushroom (laughs) 
uh, named <laughs> Ghoul. And something about Ghoul, which people don't know, is that when he was younger, he did some part-time work at a local bakery where he made yeast for the bread because fungus makes yeast. <laughs> <laughs> I loved how you're like, your vocal, you just sort of trailed you off. yourself. I lost faith. Let's not <laughs> beat around the bush. <laughs> you were uncertain on the chemistry there. <laughs> no, I really wasn't. But I think that's the case. Fungus produces yeast. Really just saying the word yeast kind of made me feel a bit squeamish. So. <laughs> I don't know. It's a horrid word. Yeast is a funny word. But also, El, we can create whatever world we want. You know, in Chris's world, that it's magical fantasy, but also there's Scunthorpe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, we true. did ignore that, didn't we? In <laughs> in Henley's world, there's judo. Well, in Ghoul's world, there's yeast. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, let's begin episode fourteen of Hell or High Rollers. Yay! Yay! Okay, so we last left you. Uh, you had just walked through the portal in the third layer. Thunden and Eric, you shared a, a goodbye kiss before Thunden shoved Eric through the portal. Then you had a kind of mad, crazy jaunt through Eric's mind where you discovered a lot about his past and you finally uh, made your way back through the portal. And you once again find yourself fired through the ethereal space that occupies the peripheries of the Nine Hells. And again, you see each layer and the trail of destruction that has been left by the happy boys. Smoke billows out from the third layer, covering it entirely in a thick cloud of screaming souls. And the only thing that you recognise from the third layer is the top of Thunden's oak tree, towering above the darkness, is a, a, a faint speck of hope holding steadfast against the onslaught of evil emitted from the now destroyed reactor. You are launched towards the fourth layer and you come crashing down into an endless abyss of darkness. You stand on solid ground, but this layer appears to be devoid of anything or anyone. An infinite space of shadows and nothing. And soon, a voice fills your minds. It echoes through your very soul. Greetings, mortals. Welcome to Phlegophos, the realm of truth and treachery. I am Ingano, the devil of many faces and voices, and ruler of this lair. You have arrived here uninvited. This was not wise. For now, payment is required. But fear not, little mortals. I am a fair and considerate ruler. Your disrespect will cost you. But who pays that debt? I will let you decide. I have no need of gold or for trinkets. You know the price of your debt to me. And I promise you, there will be no rest for you here until your account is settled. I will not hunt you with devils or the dead. Mm -mm. No. I will hunt you with the secrets of your past and the promise of your future. Here you will see visions of the world as it is, as it was, or... <laughs> However I choose to see it. <laughs> Trust nothing. Trust no one. And choose wisely. Now, run along, little mortals. <laughs>
who read that? That was amazing. Wow. That was our Patreon winner, Charcuterie. Hi there, Charcuterie. Very well done. That was cool. Charcuterie. I hope Charcuterie wasn't bored. Very (laughs) nice. (laughs) Wow. Goodness. Wow. (laughs) There's more of that to come. (laughs) I think we can just end the episode there. So you guys come flying through the portal, you crash down, and you hear this booming voice. School just looks around and says, Hey, who are you coiling mortal? I'm dead, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that is right. But um, I think they've gone. So uh, you should kind you of shout- come back down here and tell it to my face. You make a, you make a good point, ghoul. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to disregard it entirely. <laughs> where, where am I? Eric, Eric, what, what happened? How are you feeling? How's your brain? Dizzy. Where am I? We're in the fourth layer of hell. Fourth layer of hell. And you... You, my friends. Yes. Yeah. Do you still not remember us? Come on, Eric. Yes. I remember. I remember. Yes, I remember all of you. We took a trip inside your mind, Eric. We saw your past. We messed with it. <laughs> we messed with my mind. We got in there. We, we mucked about a bit. Do you remember? Some, yes. It is as if I have woken from a dream. Such strange sensations. Yes, I wore a tie around my head like a bandana. It was awesome. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> uh, what, where, where are we now? The fourth layer? I look around. So as you look around, uh, you hear the distant sound of light footsteps. And almost as if out of nowhere, a tiny imp appears next to you. And looking down at him, you see that he is disheveled and broken. He has one eye, which seems to be constantly oozing some kind of black liquid. His clothes are torn off and they hang off of his thin frame. Uh, His arms and legs bulge and wither in odd places as if something is growing inside of him. Oh God. And you can't help but feel a deep sense of sorrow as you look down on this broken mess of a being. Oh. He looks up to you and just says, Uh, Hey guys, how you do? You the happy boys? How you doing? Okay, right. What's your name? My name is Mooch. Mooch. I was going to guess Mooch. I was going to say Mooch. (laughs) Oh wait, in my head he was like so small. Is he like rat-sized? I'm just an imp, size of an imp. That's how people see me often, that I'm I'm small and insignificant. Mooch, Mooch, what's happened to you? What's wrong? I've been in this lair for too long and it's corrupted my body. (laughs) Oh, why can't you just go to the portal? Portal's in your mind. There's no physical portal here. Right. It's in our mind. Does that mean I... Fascinating. I can access it now? If you want, yeah. Okay, well, uh, portal. And as you say portal, a swirling vortex appears next to (gasps) Gloobridge. Oh, you did it! I I feel like we should be a little bit careful here. Throw your we, trousers in. I, I don't have any trousers. I'm 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 currently wearing curtains as a towel. Throw your curtains in. I'm not throwing those in. Throw no, you damn we curtains. We could throw in. anything in, Glue. Throw the imp in. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. Mean, we're not going to throw you in. Okay. Uh, you can throw me in if you want, but just know that everything you see here on this layer, you have no idea if it's true or not. You can't trust anything you see. Anything you feel, hell, if you want my advice, 
You can't even trust each other. Well, can we trust you? Maybe. Well, if we can't trust you, then we can trust each other. So... Drown the imp! <laughs> yeah, I pick him up, I throw him in the ball. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even going to make you... Actually, no, I'm going to make you roll a strength check for that. I think you'll be able to do it, but let's just see what happens. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm the strongest man in all of... That is going to be, my friend, 11 plus 5, 16. Why did you say it's so creepy? I was just thinking in, you know, thinking out loud. We're in the mind zone. Do you know what I mean? So, like, 16. The mind zone. That's where we are. We're in the crystal maze. Yeah. In the mind zone. <laughs> Yeah, your 16 beats his four. So you you grab the imp and you toss him into the swirling portal. And he fires through the portal and the portal immediately closes and he just appears next to you. You see, you can't trust anything. What happened? I just went through the portal, came back here. It might be different if one of you guys goes through. Who knows? Portal! And a portal appears next to Ghoul. Throw him in it again. See what happens. <laughs> well, I think one of us needs to go through so he can explain what happened. All right. I'm clearly the bravest. Ghoul, it's your portal, so why don't you go for it? And also you've got more lives than us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like you get through there, babe. Uh, okay. So, Ghoul, are you heading through the portal? Yes, but I want to say something cool as I go. <laughs> okay, feel free. Any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> Pudding and pie! <laughs> and Ghoul jumps through the pot. Great, Ghoul is leaping through the portal. That was the best. That was the best we could come up with. Wow. And Eric, Henley, and Gluebrick, are you going through with Ghoul? Yes. Let, let us follow Ghoul. Let us. Let us. The happy boys must stick together. So as you all step through the portal, you are transported into a calm glade in the whispered woods. Ghoul, the sounds and smells are immediately familiar to you. You are home. And as you wander through the woods, savouring the feel of the dirt under your stump, you arrive at the Fungi Gang HQ and you see Fun Gus sitting on a toadstool throne covered in inky black tar. He is flanked by flaming torches that light the surrounding area. Atop his mushroom cap seems to be several crowns, all broken and decayed as if they've withered and melted over time and they've just melded into his skull. And it looks as if each new crown has been simply placed on top of another. And looking around, you see dozens and dozens of campestri are all at his feet, trapped in tar that oozes across the ground and they are moaning and screaming for freedom. And as you cast your eyes around, you see that the tar stretches as far as you can see, corrupting everything it touches. And the field of campestry trapped in this foul corruption seems to stretch on forever. And looking at Fungus, he beckons you towards him and with a toothy grin, he just says, Neil. Who's Neil? <laughs> <laughs> No, he's telling us to kneel. Henley says, I would kneel, but there's not much room. Mushroom. <laughs> First of all, very, very good. <laughs> he's got to get a, uh, inspiration for that. I think you've already got inspiration, oh. haven't you? 
I don't think I've had inspiration for weeks. I think, if anything, <laughs> we can say safely, we've all been quite low on inspiration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, Henley, you can have inspiration. My God. Excellent. And as you, yeah, so Ghoul, as you kneel, Henley, Glubrick and Eric, you get the feeling that although you've been saying these things out loud, you, you get the feeling that Fungus and the, the rest of the campestry, they, they can't hear you. They can't see you. But you can still hear and see and communicate with Ghoul and he can still hear and see you but everyone else seems to just as if, as if you're not even there we are detached displaced somehow you can see us can't you go i can see you uh, fungus forgive me i kneel before you fungus as you kneel fungus's beady eyes glare down at you and you're, you're still quite a distance <laughs> from from the throne and he frowns and kind of tilts his head to one side as if deep in thought and he just looks at you and he says how can it be you it can't be you you're pathetic. You don't crave power. You don't care about anything or anyone. You desire nothing. How can you be king? Uh, Ghoul's eyes just go wide. Uh, what? M- me? King? I thought that fool Lipton had given it away. Oh, Lipton, the little shit. <laughs> <laughs> but Ghoul, you're dead anyway, so I guess the truth won't change anything. You are the true heir to the Campestra throne. Look at this fucking mess on the top of my mushroom cap. We have raked through these lands trying to find the true crown. But every time one is put atop my cap, it crumbles and withers. I guess whatever sits on the cap of the true king, that is the crown. And you look to the deerstalker cap that is on your head that you stole from the shop <laughs> in Dis, and it begins to glow with a, a golden aura. Oh my god. I'm I'm the king. Right? I'm the king, that's what you're saying? And Fungus just lets out a exhausted exhale. He stands, and as he stands, you see these huge ropes of like thick black tar there, like stretching and tearing underneath him. And you see he is almost totally consumed by this corruption. And he says, You can take my place on the throne, but you don't want to be king, ghoul. You don't want the power, the responsibility, the weight of knowing that you must govern all campestry across all realms. You don't have the courage to lead. Besides, even if you did, You'd have to purge all of this corruption first. Excuse, excuse me, sir. I, I've just got to add, I actually haven't got to know, know Ghoul quite well. I think he'd be a great leader, actually. So you sit there with your inky head and just shut your face. Lubrick, can they even hear you? So from Fungus's point of view, there's just a long silence. So <laughs> can you hear me, sir? So Ghoul is... But- the king of the mushroom people? Is that what we're hearing here? That's what I'm hearing. And quite frankly, and then Ghoul just turns to Fungus. Suck it! Suck it! Suck it! Suck it! <laughs> suck it! Suck it! Fungus! I'm the king! I'm the king! I'm the king! Suck it! Suck it! And Fungus just cocks an eyebrow and he just sort of like smiles and he says, It is the destiny of the ruler of the Campestry to succumb to corruption and evil. Yet you... Well, you seem to be unaffected by the corruption, even though you are a little shit. I couldn't keep you around, ghoul. You are a threat to my power. (gasps) But, but you have no power, right? Well, who's sitting on the throne? Uh, you want power, ghoul? You want to take the throne from me? He grabs a flaming torch from next to him 
and he holds it out to you and he says Go ahead ghoul, burn us to the ground or run away like you always do. But wait, isn't there a third option? <laughs> what about you move and I sit down? <laughs> and he lets out a like mighty chuckle just as Chris did then. And he just laughs <laughs> and all the campestry around you stuck in the corruption are just screaming and wailing. And he just says, Always looking for the easy way out, girl. You don't care about anything or anyone. You're pathetic. I care. I care. I care about the happy boys. Yeah, I, I might have misread this because, you know, I was educated by my pet book. But <laughs> I think he just suggested that he was the one that killed you. Whoops, missed that. I, I, think, <laughs> I think he suggested he got rid of you because maybe you were the next one in line for the throne. Kubrick, you're right. I was so overcome with learning that I was the king that I didn't listen to anything that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are we sure this is even real? Of course it's real. I'm the king. What has made more sense ever? Why would he tell you himself? Because he wants a ruckus and I'm going to give it to him. So you're the rightful king of the campestry, ghoul. Is this true, ghoul? Are you the rightful king of the campestry? Well, I'm just learning this now, but but I, I, it's it makes sense. But hold on. The imp, the messed up imp, told us we can't believe anything that we hear down here. You're talking to me? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, there you are. We can't believe anything we hear down here, right? Everything's either a truth or a lie. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. Well, I mean, that's always the case. Everything's always either the truth or a lie. <laughs> what, what are we supposed to do with that information, Mooch? Well, give me that crown. Ghoul tries to go over and get one of the crowns. So as you move through the stepping onto the corruption, you find that you can move through it freely. You don't seem to be stuck like the others. And yeah, as you glide over this blackened earth, yeah, you feel that your your stump just sort of glides through all this black tar and this mess and you arrive at the foot of the of the throne. And yeah, your deerstalker hat is is glowing and you step up to Fungus. And are you trying to take a crown off of his head? I think so, yeah. And as you grab it, you realize that the, the crowns are just they're just like almost like they're melted into him and they're just mm. all stuck in his skin and his bone. And then Mooch speaks up and says, uh, Ghoul, I think that it doesn't matter what crown he wears. It just matters what crown you wear because you're the true king. <gasps> I missed that as well. <laughs> Go, what is going what on? What is going on, Ghoul? Come on. Ghoul, Ghoul, as king, you will have to pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My first decree is... You, as one of my subjects, write everything down so I don't miss a beat. Me? Yes. Yes, I, I, I will take it upon myself to be your scribe and advisor, if I may be so bold. Thanks. Maybe I could be, like, uh, your teacher. Yes. I'm quite happy not being a servant of the Mushroom King, personally. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and look for my family. What? This is home, guys. Why can't we stay here? Because I don't actually think we're in your home, Ghoul. I, I think this is all make-believe. This is all just this. None of this is real, right? Well, yes. I don't think I don't think that at all. How would you feel if we went to your home and saw all your friends, and and then I told you it wasn't real? Well, I think you might get the chance to do that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what real friends. Do. We have to stick together down here. There was that whole long warning we heard earlier about how everything down here is deception and lies. We have to 
yeah, trust that, each other. That was before I was king. You're not king, ghoul. You're you're just a mushroom in hell who maybe has a shot at being king one day. But right now, you're you're just a, a lost soul like all of us. Well, this crown begs to differ, and he gestures to the gold hat. Perhaps this is some form of similar. Sim- I'll say that again. <laughs> Perhaps this is some form of simaculum. Oh, yeah. That's yes. a type Sim- of fish, Sim- right? Simulacrum? S- ah, I, in fact, I'll say it again. <laughs> Perhaps this is some form of simulacrum. Mm. Ooh, what I does that, that word, word mean? Yeah. Is it a kind of sushi? It's a, it's a long fish. No, it's, yeah. no, it's nothing to do with the fish. It is perhaps uh, a scenario played out in the mind. I think it might also be a fish. I think we leave the fish out of it for now. Ghoul, if you were king, imagine it was real. What would you do? Well, I would have to liberate all my fellow campestry. Liberate them from what? Well, there's a lot of tar here. Well, <laughs> am I liberate getting this at all? But ghoul, they, they, aren't they the ones who are stopping you from what it is that you wish to achieve? Oh, yes. Kill them all. No, 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 no. I don't think you should kill okay. them all. Maybe if you if you get your life back uh-huh. and you become, and you're crowned the rightful yep. king of the campestry, you'll be able to liberate them from the corruption that has infested the campestry since they were since fungus took over now i was going to say that i think we've learned that fungus is not so fungus and that we need to get you back so you can become the rightful king with your steer stalker steer stalker steer deer steer and as i say this i'm walking off talking to myself (laughs) go steer stalker stalker steer i'm gonna let I'm going to let Gubrick walk ahead. I'm going to take Ghoul to one side. <laughs> Thank God. Someone do that. <laughs> Ghoul. Yes. Your, your Majesty, yes. we must be careful. If there is a great deal of deception oh. around, we do not know whom we can trust. That's true. Can I trust you? Probably not. <gasps> but. Kill him! No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> In this moment, I simply ask you the question what is it that you would do if there were no consequences to your actions? What is it that you truly want? To do. Well, uh, I guess if I was king, then I would want everyone to be happy. Happy? And to achieve that, what would it take? Well, uh, some friends and sunshine <laughs> and a discotheque <laughs> at the end of the week. Your realm is one of glory. <laughs> But in order to achieve it, we must do things that sometimes we do not wish to do. Like washing your hands after you go number two. (laughs) (laughs) Remind me never to come into close contact with you again. Fungus, Fungus has pursued you through the layers of hell. You must take this opportunity to eliminate him. Yes. Believe me, I have seen things in my recent journey. I have learned things. I, I have seen these layers of hell in a whole new way. We must take more drastic action or we shall never get to the next portal. But how, how quickly, Eric, as soon as there was a king, Eric has so quickly positioned himself as sort of grand vizier, <laughs> the evil advisor <laughs> at the king's side. As soon as that was an option, he was there. <laughs> yes, Eric, your words are wise. But, but how... How do I get rid of Fun Gus? He's so powerful. We must find a way to destroy him and his cohort before they drag you back and remove this power from you. They've already killed me once. As you look at Fun Gus, you see that he is 
like obviously for him he could just hear ghoul's side of the conversation but he is uh, still standing there holding out the flaming torch to ghoul and smiling the flaming torch ghoul the forest is smeared with pitch is it not yep what's pitch <laughs> the tar ah. throw down the flame into ah. the tar yes when we have safe passage and let the forest burn i was gonna say that <laughs> okay so ghoul reaches out his little hand I feel like Eric needs to do an evil laugh first. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) 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 We can work on that. But for now, the flame, the tar. Okay, he looks into um, Fun Gus's eyes, and as he takes the torch, he says, Pudding and pie and then throws the torch down so ghoul is is throwing the the torch into the the corruption and the tar yes and as the in sort of slow motion we see the torch like spin and twirl and it hits a pool of tar nearby and it just instantly sets a flame and it spreads in seconds and the whole every section of the forest every bit that's covered in tar just bursts into bright cleansing flame and you can hear the screams of the campestry that are trapped in the tar and you see fun gus smiling and he's just eviscerated in this holy flame and the whole forest is kind of like ash and you look around you and you start to see the the forest and the the rocks and the trees all start to crumble and fade and you slam back down into the fourth layer into the pitch blackness into the endless abyss and your deer stalker crown is glowing on your head you did it you did it your majesty i did it praise me (laughs) praise me (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. (laughs) (laughs) You've done really well. Thanks. (laughs) That's so cool. So he is a king. (laughs) It wasn't a lie. Wow. So... Around us is everything burning, and we're just standing around chatting. No, you've gone back into no, the room. Oh, okay. Now you need to listen, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> really, Gloombrick. <laughs> well, well done. Mission passed, I well, reckon. I couldn't have done it without the happy boys. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So I, I didn't really do anything. I was, I was, I can't say the word beer porker. Damn it, Steve. Damn, Dilla Dorker. Damn it. I didn't really do anything either. I just sort of watched and and made wry comments. Well, it all contributed to the scene. <laughs> we all have things that we must face. 
There are many, many moments of our past still to conquer. As I have been falling through space and time, I have seen so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mooch looks up to you, Glubrick, and just says, No, oh, you know what? I, I, I think you did a pretty good job. You know, sometimes you got to let people make their own choices. And you're a good friend, Glubrick. You're a good friend to the happy boys. Oh, thanks, Mooch. You know what? That's, that's filled me to the brim with confidence. Portal! And I enter. Oh, wow. Did, uh, the portal arrives, yep, and you jump in. <laughs> okay, oh, we hop jump in after him. him. Great. Grab my rope! Jump after him. Great, so Glubrick, you step through the portal, and Happy Boys, you follow him through along with Mooch. And Glubrick, you suddenly feel as though you are falling, but you don't get the sense that you will hit the ground anytime soon. And after a few seconds, you feel yourself begin to slow, and you start to feel as though you're sinking into a kind of thick sticky substance and you look around you and you see that you are in fact in a gargantuan vat filled to the brim with bumbledung jam oh god the more you try and move the further you sink and you are trapped and suddenly your stomach drops as you hear a familiar voice and a head pops up over the side of the vat and says hello there and he stands on the edge of the vat and he smiles wide and he says son what are you doing in there Looks like you could use some help. Papa. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, son. And he, he like jumps into the vat and tries to like start pulling you out. Don't get in because you'll be stuck. No, it's all right. It's all right. I can get you out. And he's, he's pulling and he's, and he's trying to release you. And he's just like, oh, oh. no, you, you, I can't shift you. Can't, I'm so sorry, son. Well, you've got to try that. No. Papa, papa. All right. Yeah. And he, and he pulls and he tugs and he tries to like release your, release your feet and like digging out some of the jam from around you. And it just, you're not sinking further, but you're just stuck in the jam. Okay. Um, Oh, God, I really wish I was a spellcaster. Um, what happens if, like, can I move my arms or my arms out? Yeah, your arms your arms are out. Okay, and can I grab my papa? Yeah, you can, you can grab your papa. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll grab his wrist like, okay, papa, pull, pull. And so do you feel in this moment, does Glubrick feel like he, he's father's helping him out yeah so as as you uh have that feeling you start to shift a little bit more in the jam and you start to move okay yeah keep keep, keep pulling papa it's really nice seeing you we, we do have a lot to chat about though this jam's drugs oh um, <laughs> yeah yeah i i know but i i thought you i thought you knew that no, no well no you no you never you never told me that that part of 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 the the thing I was distributing, but like that's fine. I guess we can just talk about it. Oh well, if you've got something to say to me, son, I mean, now's the time. I'm sinking in jam, though, Papa. Ah, you'll be all right. <laughs> I'm I'm in here with you. We're going to be fine, son. Are we there as well? Yeah, you guys are there around the vat. Ah, thank goodness for that. Well, I mean, guess as as we're here, um, we can talk about it. Um, why why is why, Papa Papa? Why are you selling drugs, Papa? Oh well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to tell you this, son, but. It, it was all your mother, really. What? what Mama wouldn't do that. Well, look, son, do you not remember what she was like, son? Well, it was such a long time ago before she left, so, like, no. What? But no, she was, no, hang on, no, she was lovely. She was an amazing woman, and she wouldn't sell drugs. She was very against drugs. She had a, a charity, which was No to Drugs Charity. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that, son, but it, it, it was all a front. It was all a front for the business. Look, I, I'm not going to lie to you, son. Like, I like, I, I did run it, I, I, and I did... Uh, I did, and I still do all of those bad things. But it, it was all—it was all for your mum and and for you. And look, I, I really 
didn't want to have to show you this, son, but look, your uh, your papa steps out of the vat with seemingly no problem. Very, very easy. He's not stuck at all. And the air around him kind of shimmers and blurs and these images start to appear. And it's, it's almost as if like there's a kind of gateway opened up in the, in the fabric of reality. And it's sort of like you're watching a, a kind of mini film through this tear in reality. And in this little mini film, you, you see your father and mother when they were much, much younger. And you see a small five-year-old Glubrick with a little uh, party hat on. And uh, Glubrick, even though he's only five, still stands at four feet tall. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur puts uh, a little plate of food down next to a birthday cake on the table and uh, he pushes the food towards your mother. And your father looks quite shaken and, and, and quite nervous. And your mother looks up from the table and just very calmly says to your father, what the fuck is this? You expect me to eat this? And she just launches it across the table and it smacks your dad clean across the face. And child Glubrick feels a fiery rage building in his belly and his eyes turn red and the image snaps away. And your dad looks back to you and just says, you see, you see what she's like, son? And you feel yourself loosen again in the jam and you find yourself being able to move a little bit more freely in the jam. Glubrick, your family, they... they- they smuggle drugs, hiding it in jam. You might even say they like to traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Next layer. <laughs> Blackout. Gauze in. Henley sits back. <laughs> I, 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 I want to believe you, Papa, but I, I struggle with this because you continued the work after Mama left. I know, son. Let me show you this, okay? And the image appears again and the air shudders and shifts. And now we see Glubrick as a teenager and he's in a kind of basement and he's tightening lids on jam jars. And uh, you're with your father in this vision and you're laughing because your father's just just said something that's, that's really funny and you guys are sharing a laugh together. And it's a really kind of sweet sort of warm moment and door to the basement flings open and your mother walks in and the room turns cold and your father immediately stops laughing and your mother looks to both of you and says you haven't finished your shit yet have have you you? you're just sitting here laughing laughing and joking joking. we might as well just just burn burn money money. we might as well just chuck it in the fire fire. you and that daft kid are a fucking waste of space and there is a long pause while your mother considers what to do so whose fault is it then whose fault is it that we're going to be late on our next shipment and your father steps forward and goes to speak but teenage Glubrick steps in front of him and your mother's face breaks into a sinister smile ah it's your fault is it and she grabs a scalding hot fire iron from the nearby fire and raises it above her head as if she's about to hit you and suddenly the image before you it, it flashes and it changes and for a split second you see your mother and father switch places and your father is holding the the boiling hot fire poker and you look down and you see Mooch muttering something under his breath and you see that he is casting a spell and he catches eyes with you, Glubrick, and his concentration is broken and the image snaps back and we see teenage Glubrick in the vision let out a mighty roar as your mother just bludgeons you across the head and the image snaps shut. Well, that was so, am I still in the vat? You're still in the vat, yeah, yeah. How's that jam feeling, Glubrick? It's feeling soft. No, no, listen to me. What happened there? Mooch, I'm really sorry, but this is actually nothing to do with you. Uh, but thank you for your help. <laughs> what? I, sorry, I was just, uh, you know, 
maybe what what you're seeing isn't the truth, Glubrick, but... uh... But I mean, manipulation. Yeah, it's not true. Yeah, because I was going to say, all these memories I have of those moments, I I wasn't wasn't having a a giggle with you, Papa. I was having it with Mama. You were that bad guy. But Glubrick, you sent me into those rages. You don't remember anything when you go into a rage. Is it possible that you've you've misremembered it? That you've forgotten the truth? No, I'm sorry, Papa. But I'm done with this. You and me are done. I thought you were the only person I needed because when Mum left, that that all I had was you. But actually, I think you're a bit of a dick. Yeah, I'm saying it now. You're a bit of a nasty, nasty dick. And you've always been unkind. You treated Mum, Mama with such little respect and I'm done with it. I needed an education and all I had was my pet book and I'm I'm done with this. I'm going to get back to our world out of hell and I'm going to show you the back of my fist. <laughs> son, son, uh, look, I'm telling you the truth. I, I, I promise. I promise. You, your mother, she, she ran off. She left us. Louis Brick, the longer he talks, the more he is a devil, the more he will tempt you away from what you know is true. And your father waves his hand and a portal opens next to him. And he just says, come on, come on, Glubrick, take my hand. Come come through with me. Come come with me. And I just look to the others. Like, what, do, what do I do? No, Glubrick, you've got to you've got to do what Ghoul did. you got to stand up to the man. got to eliminate the threat. Does anyone have a weapon? I could just throw at him. <laughs> you are a weapon, Glubrick. Oh. You are a weapon. Just get out of the jam. Oh, just get out. Get out of the jam and track your father one. <laughs> <laughs> Lay one on him, son. Right. Yeah. And as as Eric says that, Mooch pipes up and he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good choice. I think you just gotta get you. <laughs> go into a rage, Glubrick, and kill your father. Fucking do it. Oh, that I wait. can do. Charge wait, 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 oh. wait. If Mooch thinks it's a good choice, I'm having second thoughts. Uh, 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 oh, but, God. <laughs> but there is a psychic link that must be broken and it does affect reality. But I still think you have to do it. Yes, but the, the, the things that your mother said and did, they, they weren't true, were they? Well, I don't think so. But... No, it, it was all lies. The, the, yes, it, the, there was nothing true. That was quite the egg your mama laid. Oh, really? This egg? <laughs> Mama laid. Oh. <laughs> you know what? If he didn't have an inspiration point already, there's no room on the character sheet for more inspiration. Get out of the jam, Lubrick. Get out of the jam. I can't take any more of the puns. No, you're fine. I, so I, I hit myself in the chest and I go into rage and can I try and claw myself out to stand, get out of the jam? Yeah, roll me a strength check with advantage. Uh, 25. Yeah, man, you just launch yourself out of that vat. And as I get onto the edge, I look at my papa and I say, look, papa, you used to manipulate me. And I'm not quite sure, but I'm just assuming this is what you did. I think you'd purposely get me into rage to do your your bad biddings. But look at me now. I'm in control of my rage. Look at my gorgeous red eyes, (laughs) my hard skin. I'm in control of this. So um, go fuck yourself. And I drop kick him through his portal. Oh, you drop (laughs) kicking your father. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm not even going to get you to roll an an acrobatics check. I'm just going to say you hit him and roll damage, but you get to plus 10 because you're in a rage. 16. 16 damage. And you leap up from the air plant both feet together and they land squarely on the side of your father's head and 
his head just snaps to one side, like 90 degree angle, and his body just flies through the portal. And you feel kind of darkness kind of like rumbling around near your heart, just like kind of behind your heart. And you feel, you don't know what it is yet, but you feel that something quite monumental has just shifted in the mortal realm. Henley says, wow, Glubrick, you sure got an ace on that preserve. Oh, God. Henley! <laughs> Would you mind? Preserve, serve, like jam. I have to say. You know, we're, we're fine. We'll move on. This mission, you have not been the, the most helpful person, but my God, you've been entertaining. <laughs> Great. Well, what is it, Glubrick? What's wrong? I don't know. I feel a bit odd. I feel like something really big changed. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's, I don't really know what it is, but something's happened. Something monumental. Entel, entel. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, guys, who wants some jam? Glubrick, as you say that, Mooch comes over and just like hugs the little rope and just says, I think you made the, the right choice, Glubrick. Are you lying? Maybe. The right choice for what, Mooch? Gotta say, Ghoul and Glubrick, you made some tough choices. And often, from my experience, the tough choice is the right one. Yeah. But you're still here. Yeah, I'm trapped on this layer. So why can't you make the tough choice and get out? Because I'm not brave like you guys. Oh. And as this happens, I quickly turn to the portal. I kick my father through and went, oh, shit, what happened to mum? <laughs> <laughs> and this this scene dissolves. And if it was a, a, a kind of iMovie transition, it would crossfade back to <laughs> back to the, the endless abyss. And you're, uh, yeah, your back stood in that endless abyss with, with Mooch. Well, well Mooch. If you want us to help you with your own portal, we can. There's a real, real oh, yeah, kind of offer. two more to get through. Yeah, we're busy. <laughs> we're busy. What? Guys, we we're the happy that. boys. Come on, it's Mooch. There's eight others just like him. <laughs> but just to say, cool, look what you just did. You're going to be the best king ever. That was so selfless. I was selfless. <laughs> Reminds you of the time. Look, look how much you've changed when you when you took a life from Henley for yours. That was that was so many doors. I can't even. I can't go through this again. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we will help if we have time. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I think I've shown myself to be incredibly adept and useful. <laughs> in both of your experiences, so mine should be a breeze. Portal! <laughs> and you jump through the portal. I, I follow. We all follow. The boys following, yeah, along with Mook. So, Henley, as you walk through the portal, you arrive in a familiar hut in the forest. It is the hut where Greg and Sylvie live. The door opens and Sylvie walks in. The last time you saw her, she was literally on her deathbed being cared for by Greg, and you are relieved and excited to see that she looks so well. She eyes you with suspicion and she cocks her head to one side and says, Henley, I, I thought you were, you've been gone for so long. Are you really here? And she runs over to you and she throws her arms around you and she hugs you. <sighs> Twist. I think Henley doesn't move a muscle because he knows this can't possibly be real. And so he just stands still and Sylvie looks at you in the eyes and says, Henley, are you here? Are you, are you okay? If you were the real Sylvie, you wouldn't hug me. No, no, Henley. The I, real Sylvie hates me. No, I did. I did. I, I honestly, I did. But I, I, I saw what you did when you came back, and, and I look. I, I know you're just trying your best, even though if sometimes your best is a bit shit. But I, I know you're trying. 
And look, everything around here has changed. Please, let, let me show you. Let me show you how, how good things have gotten and how well Greg is doing. Tentatively, Henley follows her. And so you walk out of the hut and as you're walking towards the, the main square of the, the village, Sylvie says to you, once the uh, once the frost giant was defeated and, and, and Fungus was driven off, this, this band of heroes came into town and, and, and they brought this, this great and, and, and powerful magic with them and with the help of of the saviour they've they've cleaned up the waterways they've they've built homes schools infirmaries they've changed the town for the better everyone is happy everyone is healthy trade flows and 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 people are thriving and as you walk through the the village streets you hear sounds of celebration and a festival is in full swing and above the archway that is the entrance to the village there is a huge sign that reads happy birthday greg and a number 13 is hung underneath this is all very nice but i I don't trust it. Something's going on here. But it is a party. There is a party. I don't trust you. I don't trust any of this. Something's going on. But but why not? Because I did. I know. I, I saw what happened with the last ones. The, 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 there's lies and deception everywhere. This is all an illusion. This isn't real. No, no one. No one's happy. It can't be happy. Look, a pinata. <laughs> Gould, Gould, stay away from that piñata. Gould runs over and tries to hit it, but I don't think he can reach. And actually, you you can reach. You can you can jump up and you can oh. hit it, but you just fly straight through it. Oh, ah! <laughs> this piñata is broken. <laughs> as you're as you're walking through, Sylvie says, "Look." Henley, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't know what you mean about the, the other ones. and like, I, I don't know what you're going through, but look, why don't you come and see Greg? There, there, there's an archery competition, and, and the, the, the first place is a, a new bow, and, and Greg really wants a new bow. He wants to be an archer, just like his dad. Well, I would like to see that happen, but Greg is shit at archery. <laughs> no, but you, you're right. You would be competing. Oh, I would be competing. Oh, that's that's very different. I can do that. Yes. So yeah, will, will you do it? Will you, will you try and win Greg a new bow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Not sure it's real, but I can do that. Henley, perhaps you should play along whilst we see if we can find any clues. Yes. You you guys search around, look for something out of place. See if you can find somewhere that this illusion is. Find a place where this. Illusion Illusion isn't perfect. Well, I, I think I found it, Henley. What is it? Well, your your ex-wife seems interested in you. Well, no, that's that's what's making me suspicious as yeah, well. Yeah. And everyone seems that's to be having a good thing. time, and everyone's celebrating Greg. And come on, we've all met Greg. <laughs> It doesn't look like you're in any danger yet. It's not like Glubrick was or Ghoul was. So let's keep looking. Maybe you need to drop kick your wife and set the place on fire. I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> I head to the archery competition. Okay, great. So as you approach the uh, the archery butts, the crowd parts and sitting on a crate you see Greg with some other kids his age and he is laughing and joking and all the kids are, are laughing along with him and he he seems different somehow he seems slightly changed to the Greg that you knew and he seems he seems popular I walk over to him and say arrow there no <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. and he laughs and he just Help. says he says, Dad, Dad, wow. And he says, turns to all his friends, he says, this is my dad. This is this is Henley Whispers. Da- dad, what are you doing here? I'm here to compete in the archery competition to win you a bow. You're going to win me a bow? Oh, Dad, thank you so much. Say this happy is... birthday. 
Oh, uh, happy birthday, Greg. Thank you, Dad. What's... <laughs> Don't say it like a serial killer. <laughs> What's going on? You sound like a serial no, killer. No, I'm just suspicious of all of this. What are you suspicious of, You're never of, usually Dad? happy to see me. No, Dad, I'm sure... Look, the last time I saw you... Look, you ran away. I was scared. And look, Dad, I look, I know you, you you died. Like you, I know you're trying to mm. get out of uh, get out of hell. And I know you're trying to get back to us. And I, I know you're I know you're trying. And and you and and the rest of the happy boys, you you drove off that that frost giant. And and look at the town now. It's it's amazing. And that's all because of everything you and your friends did. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And he reluctantly laughs and just says, Dad, stop. I <laughs> see you, do, you don't usually laugh at these, Craig. I, uh, I'm not sure. And as you are talking, an, an old man approaches and, and sort of yells at high volume. And he says, Henley has returned. Henley, will you dare take on the champion? Who's he, Henley? That's <laughs> just the old announcer that we have in the town. <laughs> just he's around in case you need him, you know. Uh, yes, thank you. Good. And he says, I will continue announcing. Away! And you just hear in the distance, <laughs> Ooh, announcement! <laughs> See, sometimes if he doesn't have an announcement, he just shouts the word announcement. The guy cannot stop. <laughs> okay, I'll make my way over. Henley, you look over to see a tall slender figure shrouded in a hood. The figure pulls back the hood to reveal a drow, a dark elf, and he flashes you a familiar grin. And this elf is Nick's Rave, the yeah. drow that sacrificed himself so that you could escape the party at the General's Tower. Nix, Good to see you again, Henley. Should we get started? Nix, Drow, you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Why are you like this? Are you trying to like get a certain amount in in this episode? I'm being sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's uh, let to the archery butts. And you look over, and Greg is with his crowd of friends, and he's he's beaming at you, and he seems genuinely pleased to have a chance to uh, to watch you in action. Henley, is there anything you want us to do? We could just sit here, we give you some morale. Morale would be good, and just keep an eye out. I just don't trust anything that's happening right now. I'm, I, I'm certain at some point it's all going to turn against me. Maybe you need to accept that your ex-wife hates you. Well, she seems to like me here. But it's not real, is it? Well, I, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe this is real. Maybe I've just, maybe I've been too negative about it. You know, I, I have mixed feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, so shall I explain the rules of the archery competition to you? Go on. So each player will have three shots and the highest score wins. If you get anything over a one, you get one point. If you get a natural one, you miss. If you get anything over a 10, you get two points. Anything over a 15, three points. Anything over a 20, four points. And anything 25 and over is a bullseye and that's 10 points. Okay. So Nix looks to you and says, who would you like to go first? You go first, Nix. Very well. Nix notches his first arrow and he gets, ho ho ho, he gets a bullseye. Wow. Right in the Nix of time. That kind of work. That was good. Stay in your fucking lane, <laughs> <laughs> Henley, as you prepare to fire your first arrow, Greg sort of tugs on your curtain towel and he approaches you and he says, Look, Dad, I, I really want that bow. So, look, I can make sure you win, if you know what I mean. And he winks at you and he pulls out a poison tip dagger that will give Nick's disadvantage on their next 
attack roll. You're going to fucking stab him. No, 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 no. I'm going to poison him, Dad. How? With a knife. With a poison with a knife, tip that's... dagger. You're going to have to stab him with it, though. Just a small nick. Dad, I thought you were good at this. What? 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 <laughs> Well, hold on a second. Let me think here. Yes, we must think think deep, Henley. I have mixed feelings about this. Ah, uh, wait. <laughs> wait, well, I definitely said that, Eric. You Did you? Stay, all of you, stay in your respective right. fucking I lanes. Leave, I leave this with you. I'll be over by the pick and mix. <laughs> uh, I missed that one. <laughs> Richard Nixon. <laughs> very good I know um, you're right you are all being very useful Henley I, I, I don't want to be the smart one in the room like I usually am but maybe if you let him stab him that's bad parenting maybe you're supposed to be a good parent maybe you're supposed to be like no don't stab people let's win by honour yes but a good parent would win the bow for their child wouldn't they by encouraging their child to stab someone it's not about how you win Lubrick. it's about that you win right well you know i don't have a kid and you seem like a really good parent and no, ex-husband I, so, I, yeah. I, yeah no trust me okay well i'm gonna have my shot first and then we'll know whether or not i need to hold him hold nick's back right, right? Uh, so, and before you uh take your shot greg looks at you and he's holding the dagger and you look in your son's eyes and you feel a kind of strange sensation around your neck and suddenly the the soul coin feels very heavy and the hole where the string has been looped through starts to just gently fizz and crackle. Oh. Ooh. Uh, hold off a sec there, Greg. Gregothy, just just give me a give me a give me a minute. What is it? What is it? Something wrong with the soul coin. It's it's fizzing. Well, around the hole that the hole that you put in the coin. I did put a little hole in the coin. That was a bad move on my part. I realise that now. I, I had to thread it somehow, though. You didn't have to thread it through his soul, but fine. Well, how else was I going to keep it around my neck? Make sure you hold onto your trousers so you can put them in the fucking pockets. Well, yeah, <laughs> make sure I hold onto my trousers. It's not that easy. It sounds easy. <laughs> Believe me, it's really not. All right, I'm going to take my shot. And yeah, so you're you're notching an arrow. Roll me just a straight ranged attack roll. Well, that's not great. That's a 12. 12. So that gives you two points. Oh, and he got what? 15? He got, he got 10. 10. Well, fuck. Uh, and so <laughs> Nick just looks to you and says, uh, maybe a little rusty. I'll have mine. And he notches an arrow, oh. fires it, and he gets 20. So he gets four points. Oh, okay. So he's got 14, I've got two. Yeah, you you really need to get a bullseye. It's not going well. What are you going to do, Henley? Can anyone give me an advantage somehow? Oh, I have an inspiration. Yeah, you got inspiration. You want to use that for advantage? Yeah. Yeah, great. I'm going to use my inspiration to give myself an advantage on this next roll. Great, go for it. I've earned it. <laughs> oh, and I've rolled a two, so that's... Our first roll. Oh, God. That's oh, not God. good at all. I got 13. So that gives you two points. Oh, man. So you need Nyx to miss this next one, and then you can tie if you get a bullseye. Oh, God, that's rubbish. Okay. How does he miss? He can't natural miss. Natural one. <laughs> The only chance is if he gets a natural one. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Greg is looking at you, raising his eyebrows and looking at the knife and just going, uh, uh? Don't do it. Don't I do mean, it. all that does is give him a disadvantage. It's still very unlikely he's going to miss. Well, he could just stab him in the heart. Or murder him. <laughs> you definitely win then. It's true. You could just take him out, yeah. But I don't think that's what should happen. Okay, uh... Listen to your king. I have... Oh, God, what do I do? Okay, I'm not going to cheat. I don't want to teach my son to cheat. No, I have to win my own way. Go on, Henley. Greg? Yeah? Put that knife away. Oh, Dad, but it'll be so much fun. No, 
No, you're not going to cheat. <sighs> it, it's not right to win by cheating. Okay. You can bend the rules, but you can't break them. You can, you can fight an under seven, but my God, you have to keep to the rules when you do so. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> uh, it's complicated. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Dad, have you been fighting seven-year-olds? <laughs> under seven. Oh, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> I've been winning is what I've been doing. <laughs> but not now, though, Dad. Well, you don't know that. Nick's take your last shot. All right, fine. As he takes his shot, I'm going to just cast Thunder Wave from quite a distance, but just enough to hopefully catch him on the edge of the radius. Nice. Do our spells work? Eric, as you cast Thunder Wave, nothing happens. I make it look like I was just shaking out my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I just had cramp. <laughs> Listen, cramp, and you know, you need to flex. You need to keep moving, even in hell. Okay, you know what? And as Nyx takes his shot, I'm going to draw my bow and take my shot at the same time. And I'm going to try and knock his arrow out of the way, making him miss and rebound my arrow into the bullseye. Well, that's a high roll, man. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to let you know you're going to have to get a natural 20 to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to roll first, and Nyx gets a 15. Okay, and I get. I get a 13. So, plus I get 21. So I fucked it, basically. You look over and the announcer is just screaming into a tree. Fuck! And then he comes back okay. over to uh, to you and he says, The results of the competition. The champion, Nix, with 17. Henley whispers with 8. The champion reigns! <laughs> yep, yep, no, fair enough. And I go over to Greg and I say... Greg, I'm sorry I didn't get you your bow, but at least we played fairly. Yeah, I, I guess, Dad. Has Nix picked up his victory bow? He has, yeah. And I walk over to Nix and I hold my hand out and shake his hand. And he shakes it back. And I say, judo flip! <laughs> <laughs> you got to try and flip Nix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Roll me an acrobatics check. Okay. Just to warn you, Nix's dexterity is very high. I got 21. 21. Nix gets... <laughs> <laughs> 28. Oh, come oh. on. Whoa. So, oh, powerful. so you, you literally flip him and he just lands on his feet and he just chuckles. And he said, judo flip, more like judo shit, and just walks off. <laughs> hey, leave the lines to this man. He didn't know that I did a sleight of hand and uh, stole the bow from him. You want, okay, you can roll me a sleight of hand with disadvantage. I got 14. You got 14. Yeah, his perception, he got 17. Right, piss it all. I lose then. <laughs> so you lose. And Greg just comes over and is just like shaking his head. Dad, you, you didn't want to cheat and then you just embarrassed yourself. <laughs> well, I tried every trick in the book, really. I just wanted to get you that bow, son. Look, what's important is that you didn't cheat, all right? All right, Dad. One of his friends from a distance is just like, Yo, Gregster! Come over here and we're going to smoke a pipe, bro. Okay, Dad, got to go. <laughs> oh, like father, like son. And as he walks off, Nix approaches you. Well fought, Henley. Come with me. And he starts walking off. Okay, I follow him. We all follow him. Yeah, we follow him. Henley, after a few minutes of walking through the town with the, the sun shining down on you and everyone smiling and congratulating Nix on his victory, you arrive at a small, sturdy-looking temple. Inside the temple are, are fine marble floors and frescoes of heroes slaying demons and other monsters. And Nix opens a door at the back of the hall and walks down a set of stone steps into a dark chamber. And he sparks a torch and light quickly skitters across the room, revealing that it is almost completely empty, 
save for one child chained to the wall. And the child can only be maybe 14, 15 years old. And she is malnourished and clearly not well. Her wrists are, are worn almost to the bone where she has been struggling against the restraints. And you see that her fingers are raw and bleeding where her nails have been worn away. And suddenly you notice that the walls are etched with scratches of dozens upon dozens of names carved into the brickwork. And she is not the first child to be chained down here. And by the looks of things, she won't be the last. And Nyx looks at you and says, This is our saviour. She is an unfortunate sacrifice that we must make for the prosperity of the town. But her suffering benefits many. Uh, Nyx, buddy, this is not cool. You, whoa. Uh, no, you, you really shouldn't have little girls chained up in here. That's not okay. She's chained and she keeps the magic. You see how happy everybody is in the town. You see how we prosper. There is no theft or fighting. There is no murder. There is no jealousy. If we destroy the magic, the town will be thrown into chaos. And don't worry, Enli. Everyone in the town knows that this is the price we must pay. Everyone is free to come and visit the child, but nobody does. Whoa, what is going on? Nyx, this is not okay. I thought you were cool, man. I am cool. This is not this is not cool. This is the opposite of cool. This is kidnapping and this is really some dark stuff here. If we take the child away, people will start to kill and steal from each other. It it's not worth it, man. This is the, 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 nothing is worth doing this to an innocent. Well, this child will not last long. We will need a new child soon. Once they are 13 years of age, they are eligible to be a savior. But don't worry, I I understand the moral quandary, but we often try to choose children who appear to be more, shall we say, morally corrupt. Wait, wait, you're going to do this to my son? And he just stares at you in silence. Oh, sod that. Judo chop! <laughs> I, I attack him. I'm going to try and judo chop him in the throat. Okay, roll me uh, roll me an attack roll. Oh, it's a natural one. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, forget the table. You've got to roll the table. Oh, piss. Oh, no, yes, well done, Chris. Wild magic table. First of all, I'm going to use my extended table. So, Shields, roll me a d20. Uh, that's a 20. 20. So you will roll on the very rare effect table. Ooh. So roll me a d100. 36. 36. Holy shit. Okay. Wow. So at the target, you cast fireball. Oh, wow. So you judo chop and a massive fireball just comes out of your hand and just (laughs) slams straight into Nyx's neck. And he's going to roll a dexterity saving throw and you're close enough to it as well. So you'll have to do the same thing. Oh, yeah. I've really buggered that. Oh, I got another natural 20. Wow. I'm going to say you, because uh, usually you only take half damage from it, but I'm, I'm just going to say you manage to just flip back and dodge it. And Nyx fails the uh, saving throw and he is just slammed straight into the wall. And and you have a, a, a brief second to do w- whatever it is you want to do. I'm going to try and grab that girl and run. Great. So you grab the girl. She's She is restrained to the wall with rope. Oh, uh, I cut the rope with my short sword. Great. And so you pick up the girl and you uh, start to run out of the church. Yeah. And I shout, Nyx, uh, I'm in hell and even I know this is bad. And Nyx stands and sort of Terminator style just starts walking after you. He's not running. He doesn't appear panicked. And you burst out of the doors of the church and the village it, it's unbelievable how quick the change has happened it is armageddon out there like tents are on fire houses are burning down people are literally like stabbing and killing each other in the street and greg just looks to you and just says dad what have you done and the whole scene 
dissolves and you are back no, Greg, we- on the fourth layer of hell. We've got to get out of here. Greg, Greg! And oh. now you're back on the fourth layer of hell. I, I feel shaken. You, you did the right thing, Henley. You saved that girl. What the hell is going on up there? Is that real? Do you think that was real? Is that really happening? Who I knows? think uh, that one thing might be real is that clearly you put in a hole and the soul stone has made potentially Gregothy a bit evil. <gasps> oh, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> you fucked him up. I did fuck that up. Really I fucked, fucked that up, up badly. And that Nyx guy's a real prick. We should call him pricks. <laughs> <laughs> He was actually so nice before. What happened to him? He was. Well, it was not real, was it? But maybe it was. Eric, what do you make of all this? Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. That's you. You, You're Eric. No, dear friends. Oh. I am not Eric. What? 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 What's happening? I am Ingenau. What? What? (laughs) What do you mean, you're Ingenau? I am the Archdevil of Deception. What? what? I told you in dulcet, sonorous tones only a couple of hours ago. I told you not to believe anyone or trust anyone. Even you, ghoul, said, can I trust you? And I said no. Oh, fuck. And so where is Eric? Eric? Do you think he's of any concern to me? No. All that concerns me are your souls. And I shall take a piece of each of your souls for the actions that you have carried out here. But we uh, did the right thing. Yeah. Right according to whom? Oh, probably not according to an archdevil. Whoops. Uh, uh, so we should have done the bad things. Hold on. <laughs> you didn't make that clear. If you said that first, I, I wouldn't have kicked him. Oh. I would have showered at my mum. As you see that Eric is, in fact, the archdevil of the layer. That's great. <laughs> Actually, let's start with Ghoul. You feel your skin go tacky and a small set of devil horns sprout <gasps> from your no. head. One. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's the count from Sesame Street. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Glubrick, your horns grow a little longer and you feel a small burning sensation in the small of your back and out sprouts a devil's tail. Oh, oh I got, that's kind of kind of cute, I guess. Two! (laughs) (laughs) And Henley, you feel a similar rumbling. You feel your horns growing longer and a tail sprouts out from behind you, from underneath your towel, and your son's soul coin feels heavy around your neck. Ow, bugger. Three, you know the rest. (laughs) I feast upon your souls. I relish them. I will enjoy them for an eternity. So before this episode, I spoke with Adam and said that he was to be the archdevil in disguise. And he was to encourage you to kill your father, Glubrick. Even though you think it's the right choice, you've still killed someone. And Ghoul to take the crown to burn down the forest. Oh, shit. Yeah, when you say it like that. Henley even though you've made what you feel is the right choice to to save the child and to save your son, you've thrown the village into chaos and many, many lives have been lost. Oh, piss. We all fell for that. (laughs) And now, I'm off to my judo class. (laughs) No! Before I leave for my judo class. (laughs) Would you like to see your friend, Eric? What have you done with him? Where is he? (laughs) Shh. 
one who said that you couldn't teach an old dog new nicks. <laughs> and a portal materializes in front of you and through it you can see Eric in a kind of marshy swampland on his knees and he is crying. Behold. Eric, we're coming! Yeah, I'll run through the portal. Yeah, and we all start running through. And Henley says, Judo, follow! <laughs> and goes through. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode 14 of Hell or High Rollers. I am Dave Hearn, your GM. Eric Sanguinius was played by Adam Megiddo, Ellie Morris as Ghoul, Henry Shields as Henley Whispers, and Chris Leesk as Glubrick Bumbledung, and special guest star and Patreon competition winner Charcuterie as the voice you heard of Lady Ingano. As usual, if you've enjoyed this episode and you want more of that tasty content, get yourself on over to our Patreon page. The link can be found in the episode description. On that page, you will find access to our exclusive Discord group where you can chat about the episode and listen to some amazing theories from our supporters. There's also a whole bunch of extra content for you, side campaigns, little mini stories. If you've binged through Hell on High Rollers this far, get yourself on over, sign up and get some extra goodies. Also, while you're there, you can meet legends like Nixie and Disaster, Jake Broster, Andrew McKinnon, Christopher Nielsen, Abby, Sophie Foster, Briny, Ian Kerr, and Yap Boender. I've been Dave Hearn. You've been amazing. Our theme song is by the wonderful Max Runham, and producer is Gareth Tempest. Good night. When you get through nine layers of hell, you'll have a hell of a story to tell. You're heading back to life, back to the grind, but it ain't that like you knew so well. Keep telling myself to stay strong, you know I ain't done nothing wrong. I can feel it in my soul that this ain't where I belong.